Ladies and gentlemen, it's Dave Neal, stand-up comic and host of Bachelor Nation News. Happy Tuesday, April 11th, 2023. A lot to get into today on Bachelor Rush Hour. Alrighty then, so much to talk about in the Bachelor world and outside of The Bachelor. I've got Bachelor, I've got Vanderpump Rules, I've got American Idol, I got it all for you, baby. We're going to get into it right this second on Bachelor Rush Hour. Hope everyone's having a fantastic day today. Are you following Vanderpump Rules? You know what? I'm caving. The big drama of Vanderpump Rules is an amazing and wild and dramatic cheating scandal that's going to be airing on our screens that's right you know a lot of times we hear about things and then there's an apology after but we got the receipts baby so one of the things we love in the bachelor nation world is the parasocial community and by by that i mean not just what we see on the screens but the instagram statements that come after the defense the uh twitter uh infighting and all that jazz vanderpump rules is new to me or i am new to them so forgive me for any of this of which i get wrong but like a young uh law student I am studying for the bar exam, which will be knowledge of all Vanderpump rules and the Vanderpump bar, not the uh, sort of um, litigious bar, but the bar of drama that we are all pulling a stool up to to have a sip of tea. All right, did that all tie together? So we've got this guy, uh, Sandoval, and they're calling the scandal around him Scandoval. He as it has turned out, has been cheating on his longtime girlfriend of nine-plus years. Uh, I think that's how long they were dating. He cheated on her for uh, the better part of the last year, and nobody knew about it, apparently, including his best friend, Schwartz, Tom Schwartz, so multiple Toms here. And this all came out uh, about a month ago, but it happened while I was on my honeymoon in Bali, and as much as I wanted to catch up on the story, it was just so much tea out. It was almost like overwhelming me. Well, I'm getting caught up now and we're going to be covering Vanderpump Rules as part of our daily and weekly recaps in all things reality TV. So what I'm going to do for you guys right now is share the trailer for the upcoming episode. And I believe uh, where we stand now with the uh, Vanderpump Rules episode, they're on like, I don't know what episode they're on, like nine or 10, whatever it's at, season 10. We've got Katie not realizing that her now ex, I guess, is hooking up with or dating another uh, worker from the show, a a newer uh, cast member from the show. So this is going to get pretty ugly. But here's a clip. Here's the preview. Katie goes off after finding out about Schwartz and Raquel. It was literally a quadruple date. Oh, now Tom and Raquel are dating. And I'm pretty sure, like, Raquel has the heart for him. Like, she's trying to do something. And again, hold on a second. Schwartz is not the guy that Katie was dating. Katie was dating Sandoval. So maybe that part of the storyline hasn't come out yet. My apologies for people out there. There's the storyline that exists, you know, on the TV, and we're trying to follow the timeline there. And then there's actually, you know, what is spilled out already in real life. I want to light them both on f-ing fire. No chills. Same. Holy What he did crossed every line. There's no coming back from this. 
I've sat them both down, tears in my eyes. I literally point blank asked Schwartz if he wanted to make out. He like completely turned it down. He is respecting your boundaries and Why well, like, no, you're not? The Raquel thing is not a thing. I know nothing happened. It's like this is a situation that would, would change that for me because it makes me feel uncomfortable. Please, guys, one fing request. You fing drunk imbeciles. Yeah. <laughs> You drunk uh, imbeciles. All right, so I, I'm as confused as you guys are. My my question is this. Was the rumor that Raquel hooked up with Schwartz to take off from the heat that Raquel was actually hooking up with Sandoval, who, of course, you think Katie's mad now. She's going to be extra mad when she finds out that he's hooking up with her man. Again, you, I don't know if you can write this stuff. It's pretty crazy drama out there. The finale of Vanderpump Rules will air on May 17th. Then there's a three-part reunion. Holy Cow. A three-part reunion will begin May 24th. This is what The Bachelor needs to do. The Bachelor needs to have a three-part messy reunion. The show ends, and then we're forced to go to podcasts to find, you know, to piece it all together. Secrets Revealed will air on June 14th. So you're telling me there's not only a finale, then there's the three-part reunion, the post-finale, and then Secrets Revealed, which is going to be, I guess, the reunion from the reunion. All right, you got me. I'm watching Vanderpump Rules. They're not paying me to tell you that. That's where I'm at. And we're going to get to a clip now. Let's give you some Bachelor content for those that are like, I don't care about Vanderpump. Look, I didn't either, but you're going to have to get caught up because we're doing it. Here's the Michelle Young interview on Two Black Girls, One Rose, where she discussed the ultimatum that she ended up giving the Bachelor producers. She said, you're going to address the Greer Blitzer situation, which was, of course, the unearthed tweets and Facebook posts and messages of Greer defending her friend who had dressed in blackface years, several years ago. Michelle said, address it or I'm out. And here's a clip from Michelle on the two black girls, one rose podcast base of this. And then all yeah. of a sudden, like, see you later. Yeah. So yeah. I was, there was a lot of just intense anxiety. It was COVID. You're locked in a room. Yeah. Like you, yeah. like there was just so much stuff, so many things so many that are layers. happening. But I think what I really did is I, made sure that I wanted to take control of my own story. So I really laid out what I were my non-negotiables before I okay. signed the contract. Okay. And it was being able to tell the black story from start to finish, okay. um, mm -hmm. having a diverse group of men and yeah. allowing them that time to tell those stories. And so there's Michelle. She's saying, look, I need to have some sort of creative control that if you're going to have me be the lead of your show and the face of your franchise that we're going to do it in a way that is respectful to my community. And congrats on Michelle Young for those boundaries. Now, of course, after the show, we then found out the following season when Michelle wasn't the lead that Eric swore they never had him address anything on the after the after show. Of course, that made Michelle Young storm out and it's become a mess of a an issue since then. But now with the ousting of Bachelor creator Mike Fleiss, you know, maybe there is some change in the air. And in other pop culture news, as I've been telling you, I've been covering American Idol this season. I want to share with you some of my favorite contestants that are making it to the, you know, to the version. These are so you have uh, probably what five or six weeks where it's the uh, audition episodes, and then the judges end up picking their top twenty-four. Well, I wanted to share with you guys some of those 
uh, clips that are on American Idol's Instagram. And I know I, I, I asked you guys on my Facebook community, Dave Neal's community, free community on Facebook. I said, do you guys like this? And some people said, oh, not really. But look, if you don't like it, just you know, skip through the next 10 minutes or so. I'm going to share with you some of the most amazing sounds and vocals from this show. It is one of the most competitive seasons they've ever had. Here's one of my favorites. His name's Iam, a Hawaiian-born beast of a musician. Have a listen. I walked alone Narrow sheets of copper stone Neat the halo of a street lane oh, Everything we want I turn my collar to the cold and damp When my eyes stand by the flash of a neon light <laughs> And touch the sound of silence And in the naked light I saw Ten thousand people, maybe more Oh, wow, it's beautiful People writing songs That voices never shared And no one did disturb the sound So there he is, folks. That's Iam. And he had mentioned that he's got a great story. His dad passed away in the last year or two. And he struggled with singing since his dad passed. But he says when he sings, he can actually hear his dad singing back up behind him. It's absolutely incredible. So many incredible stories coming out there. It's hard to pick which ones I want to share, but I've got a few more for you right here. This one's a musical theater. uh, I believe a musical theater nerd. I say that with respect. Emma uh, Boosie, am I pronouncing her name right? And she sang Chasing Pavements and she has really come into the, I don't know if she'll be top 10. I don't know what she'll be, but just have a listen. Tell the world I'll never say enough cause it was not said to you and that's exactly what I need to do if I end up with you. Should I give up or should I just keep chasing pavements? Even if it leads nowhere, or will there be a place? Even if I knew my place. This class, as you may well know, is so gifted. We can see the potential. That's the most important thing. Do you have it inside of you? (laughs) We think so. To go to our top 24. Oh my God, actually, okay, okay. It's really happening. It's happening. Okay, it's really happening. Okay. You are in our top 24. Okay, okay, there's only a couple more I'm going to play, but another fi- another favorite of mine right here, we've got uh, Haven Madison singing. Showstopper, I chose Bird Set Free because it's a song that I really wish I wrote. Yeah, I was a broken thing. I had a voice, had a voice, but I could not sing you. It wore me down. 
It's just talking about how your stereotype is perfection in music. You got to sing on key with the right melody and the right words. And she's just saying, like, I don't care because it's who I am. I don't care if I sing on key. I find myself in my melodies. It felt pretty near and dear. The bird set free. You're giving us good. All right, so, so she's... Uh, Probably better at her original songs, but, uh, you know, is also great work there. There's a couple more here. We've got Megan Daniel music blowing the house off. I mean, they had to tell her, like, look, you don't realize how good you are. Just blowing the house down. So our final two here that I'm going to share with you guys, um, they brought them in together. They were, they were, the judges had to choose between the next two contestants I'm going to show you, uh, the first one being Elise, and then I'll show you the contestant after this, and uh, you're going to hear what the judges decided to do. Of Insane. So we have her, and then here's the other contestant that was fighting for the final spot, Olivia Soli, I believe is her name. We had a lot of arguments concerning you guys. You both are fantastic singers. We were all very undecided. We've decided to let America decide and send you both to the top 24. <laughs> all right, so there's your top 24. And again, if you don't want this info, you got to go watch uh, American Idol. I, we can't wait any longer to share this. But what was really interesting, once they had the top 24, is they waited till the end to show Iam, our favorite uh, Hawaiian that we already shared with you. And then he was placed up in this threesome spot where they had three of these guys. They all auditioned together. They come together. And they had to, the judges, uh, I assumed were going to break the news that the other two contestants here weren't going on any farther. Just, there just wasn't enough space. There's only 24 spots. Your show-stopping song was a brilliant pick. It made the room go silent. It gave more depth, more color, more layers to who you are. There's only one more spot in the top 24. Ian, welcome to the top 24. <laughs> His buddies give him a hug. They said, you deserve it. But wait, there's more. Howdy, brother. It's been a pleasure being here. It's been a pleasure, guys. Been a pleasure. Oh, oh. No, well, well, well. Plot twist. Hold on, let me hold my horses real quick. Hold on. Us judges, we like to 
change it up every season. We have so much talent this season, we don't think there's a top 24. We think there's a top 26. <laughs> you guys are in the top 26! There it is, folks. All right. If you're not watching this season, clear your schedule, please, because you have to check out this amazing talent. All right. Uh, up next is going to be our, um, our featured piece of content. And No, actually, I'm sorry. Before we get to that, let's just play a quick clip from Caitlin Bristow, a little Pe uh, a palette cleanser, if you will. The thing I love about The Bachelor, the thing I love about Vanderpump Rules now, is that the drama on the show, the entertainment value, comes from the uh, sort of uh, the shit show that is the contestants. Versus American Idol, the entertainment comes from their talent. But uh, Caitlin kind of possesses her own set of talent here, being a free thinker that she is. Here she is. Um, let's see, what am I? What clip am I playing here? Uh, she. This is her commenting on whether or not she would go on reality TV again. All right. There you go. All right. From a professional standpoint, would you be willing to, when you think about your career, where it is today, would you be willing to do reality TV again? Yes. You would. I wouldn't I'm have said that. I'm very surprised. I wouldn't have said that. shocked by that. I wouldn't have said that three years ago. What? Okay. I would do reality TV again if yep. um, it didn't dumb down my brand and make me look stupid. How can you plan? How can you prepare for that professionally? Because if I had creative control and was an executive producer, then I would make sure of that. Ah, uh, the old, what's your favorite position? CEO. That's right. Caitlin Bristow, CEO of Bachelor Nation, would do reality again. Does it count as reality if you're the producer? But I understand her point. Absolutely. All right. We've got Tino Franco telling all, and we're going to get to that in just a second. All right, we got Tino Franco on the Rose Pricks podcast. They're clear fans of Tino Franco, and we're not fans of Rachel Recchia. But Tino does a good job of telling his story without throwing his ex under the bus. Have a listen. From Cecily and my perspective, we're watching the show. We're seeing Rachel having, like, meltdowns and, in our opinion, acting really bratty. And mm -hmm. there was one narcissistic would be the word. Narcissistic was the word that kept coming up for us. That's how we, well, we just felt like, you know, she really has that like main character energy the whole time, right? <laughs> like why is Gabby even and, here? That was, that was just our opinion. You don't even have to agree or disagree. Okay. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> what I was saying, Tino's learned a lot from therapy. The best answer is a no answer. Sometimes curious about, <laughs> I think a lot of viewers were is like during that scene where it's Gabby's date and Rachel starts freaking out and crying and like, why isn't anybody paying attention to me? Why aren't people coming over to me? And then she goes and lectures all the guys. It always seemed to us that all of the guys were like, whoa, like, what do we even, how do we handle this? And I'm so curious as to what your impression was of that. Cause obviously you already liked her at that point. Yeah. I, at that point, I think a lot of us just kind of were like, okay, we need to kind of remember why we're here a lot of the time. And it mm -hmm. is for her, even though that like situation might've been like seemingly out of the blue a little mm -hmm. bit or, um, you know, like a little bit colorful, I think at the same time, like, you know, there's a lot of like, things that were going on on the date that might have just kind of provoked those sort of feelings where like you know the guys i if i remember correctly not only were they boxing for gabby but they were like saying like love poems first and you know <laughs> any normal person who's like watching that right in front of you and like 
you know, you have like a group of people next to you who's like, you know, more entertained by that. Like maybe it provokes like a little bit of a, you know, reaction, but I. Great. You know, and of course you got to listen to the full thing. We're just playing snippets here, but yeah, it's the Claire Crowley effect. You know, of course, Claire Crowley on her season had that sort of moment too, when the guys weren't jumping to attention to, to hang with her. It's, it doesn't mean that it's a bad person. There's anxieties there. There's like a, you know, feeling like a, you're not worthy imposter syndrome. So much can go on. So for Tino to uh, dive a little bit deeper away from that initial reptilian reaction to be like, oh, what a B word. You know what I mean? Rather than just say that, he goes, okay, well, you know, they're not getting much sleep. They're competing. They're doing all these things. Like, yeah, you know, um, you know, uh, it, it's fair to feel emotions. When it was getting down to the wire, there were only a few of you left, fantasy suites. So they showed you being upset about Rachel going on other dates, which Cecily and I felt like, was very justifiable. Yeah, uh, I stand by that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Who, I, I mean, I believe that Cecily and I were literally dedicating rants about like, why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you want somebody who's not like, oh, you're going to go possibly sleep with someone else. Cool, cool. Have a great time. Uh, <laughs> oh, just, totally, I'm not even going to bug you totally. about it. Like, of course you're going to be like, well, this is kind of, if, if you really were feeling real feelings for Rachel, which I know you were, of course you're going to be upset about why wouldn't you be did did you resent the fact that they painted that like some kind of toxic trait? No, if I was doing podcasts I'd stand by that. Because like and the thing that like a lot of people conveniently avoid because you know I I ended up kind of the uh bad guy is like I didn't put Rachel on blast, you know, like, what did you do with the other guys? Because at that point, like I did understand, like it was none of my business and it was very easy to, you know, just focus on me and her and leave everything else aside. Otherwise I would have never made it as far as I did if I couldn't do that. But yeah, I mean, if you're asked the question, like I, I have to imagine, and we were very impacted with like what made the cut because we had twice as many people, but you saw it with Eric, you you saw it with anybody. Like if you're asked a pointed question, like how do you feel about them spending the night with other guys? It has nothing to do with how intimate they are. You saw it with everyone as Axe Girls, which I applaud them for. Like mm-hmm. you're upset about it. Like nobody's cheering it on. So he says, yeah, I mean, no one's, you, no one's like, oh, let me, let me help you hook up with these other men. But at the same time, he knew what he signed up for. So he vented his gripes to the producers and didn't shame Rachel. And uh, boy, probably better than I could have ever done. So very interesting to hear that Zach relates to Gabby from I'm sorry. Very interesting to hear that Tino relates to Gabby from Zach's season. You didn't see this, but the entire, they showed him in the shower every single, at the beginning for some reason of every episode. You did that great. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So you didn't, you didn't feel bad for Gabby that he announced this Gabby, our Gabby, the Gabby from Zach's season. Oh, of course I did that. I, I totally, I, I saw so much in like, you know, if she listens to this, don't take this offensively when I did this, Gabby. But, uh, you know, I saw so much of myself and like a lot of like the things that they aired, like the the insecurity during Fantasy Suite Week, like mm-hmm. totally, totally spot on with that. Um, the objection she had to that being publicized and kind of aired out what like went down between them two. I made that super clear on my season that I was 
not okay with that, not comfortable with that. And I even said, I don't want to ever know to this mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. I've never crystal clear found out what went down between any of the other contestants and the person I was with. And I never need to like that. That's just plague of the, you know, that's just, a disease of the mind at that point. How fascinating. Yeah, trust trust us, Tina. We don't know what da- what went down in Rachel and Zach's fantasy suite either. Uh, no one, you know, one has said anything. Of, of course, we've all had our opinions here, but that's, a, that's probably a very healthy way to look at it. Now, you might be in a relationship on The Bachelor where the lead and where Rachel and Tina both agree, all right, we're going to be open and say exactly what happened, and that's fine, but you might be somebody like Katie, from uh, Zach's season, who clearly didn't want to know. She wanted to disassociate from whatever Zach did with Gabby, but she wasn't given that choice. So it really, it's really important to communicate your expectations in those moments. All right, well, let's get to the cheating. That's what we're all here for. So just to catch you guys up, here's my belief of what went down. You guys can comment if you think of something different. But Rachel and Tino obviously had a very tough challenge post-engagement during that bubble period where they were still together but they couldn't let people know. They could only see each other randomly at safe house visits. Rachel is being tugged all around for podcast interviews and doing all these different promotional things, which I'm sure led to her having a ton of anxiety just from seeing how she reacted on the show. And then Tino's got his own issues. And, you know, uh, Rachel can't necessarily relate to him and he can't necessarily relate to her. The relationship probably was in a rough patch. Maybe the only reason it was staying together is because they didn't want to break up before the final airing and they wanted to give it the old college try in public, kind of like Katie and Blake, right? They, they didn't know until they got to the public if it was going to work out. Well, Tino goes to a bar. I don't know if he was drunk or not. I would be fascinated to hear if he was, and he kisses somebody. You're going to hear the podcast host kind of give, not Tino a pass, but just say you've been treated worse in the response from people than the crime that you committed. Now, that crime could definitely be a deal breaker in a relationship, in a normal relationship where you're not in the public eye, your partner either moves on or you guys get over it and then you can move on with your life. In this kind of scenario, it's leading to a level of public shame probably leave a comment let me know that is far greater than the crime committed yes although we yeah. kind of guessed you i guess Steph, right yeah like we I yeah mean, it seemed it seemed really obvious it was going to be you but it's speaking of that let's just talk about um what happened what what because we did not turn on you in the least just want you to know that <laughs> you know it's the, so but so you you after the show so you guys you know choose each other or whatever. And then you're having some problems. I think that's, you both discussed that having some issues of her feeling like I want to slow things down. I don't want to be engaged. You go to a bar, right? Kiss somebody. That's all that happened. I'm pretty sure that's all that happened because I think the person would have, right? (laughs) So then you have to tell Rachel that do you think it was unfair? Cecily and I feel like it was extremely unfair. You were in a really weird situation. And I would imagine that the reason that you told her was because you don't want it to come out another way. You don't want that girl to come or whatever. You just want to be honest. 
And what good does honesty ever get you? But uh, if you want to check out that full episode, go to Rose uh, Pricks Podcast, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Or you can also catch my full recap of that episode. Tina Franco did a good job there on his first big interview. Uh, you know, you know. obviously he went on Nick Vile's podcast, but that was like during the thick of things. He said the most uh, money he spent last year was on therapy. And good for him for working on himself. Make yourself better and uh, don't apologize for that whatsoever. All right, folks. Well, if you enjoy what we're doing, the best way to support us is to share the podcast with your friends. We need to keep growing this beast. You can do that by screen grabbing it and tagging me on Instagram and sharing it with your friends on Facebook or whatever. And you can also leave us a good review. Make sure you're subscribed, rate it, follow it, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And uh, we appreciate all the support. I'll be back tomorrow with more content. As always, I've been Dave Neal. This was Bachelor Rush Hour. We'll be right back. 